Hello, and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. Today will be the last sermon of our series through the book of Ephesians. In this passage, we will learn more about how we can be strong in the Lord. Hans Gierkoprich will teach us what the armor of God consists of and what each part stands for. We will see how resistant it is and we will further learn why it is so important for us to wear it as we face different enemies and weapons that are beyond the power of human weapons. So join us and Hans Georg now. Well, good morning, uh, brothers and sisters. It's great to be with you this morning again. This morning, uh, we are not going ha to have uh, uh, some translation as uh, you are used to it, but uh, I've got ample of time, you know, to explain things and to uh, expound things, so I'm very privileged. So this morning, we want to start with uh, something um, I think I've confessed um, many a times that I'm in favor of one kind of sport that isn't very Christian. And I confess that um, honestly. And um, we're talking about boxing. So, uh, you know, the topic that we are handling is about fight. So I thought, why not? Uh, I don't know whether uh, they are ready in the back with uh, that uh, video that uh, is a very, quite a famous uh, video. Um, and um, I'd like to start with it uh, in order to get us ready uh, for a good fight this morning. We're not starting uh, boxing, anything like that. But uh, I think we need to get ready um, for something very special so I don't know. Are you ready in the back as well? No? Yes? Well, let's go ahead. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Wow. Let's get ready to rumble. Um, this is a, a guy called uh, Michael Buffer. Uh, some people may know uh, him. He has made that very speci specifi specific phrase in the way he says it, and it made him quite popular and rich. Um, over the last two decades, this is what he just um, said in all these big boxing fights, Michael Buffer got started as a ring announcer for the boxing matches. The unique way in which Buffer says that phrase has landed him dozens of boxing fights, the most important ones that are on today on TV or wherever. Well, sure enough, Michael Buffer will be there. He has given this call to action uh, before boxing matching, wrestling matches, and various other um, sporting uh, championships. He has made appearance on, on many, many TV shows. He even, would you believe it, he even trademarked uh, marked 
the phrase in 1992, and he earned an awful lot of money, about um, uh, 400 million bucks, dollars, uh, 400 million dollars, would you believe it? Just with, let's get ready for a rumble. <laughs> it seems that anytime there is going to be a, um, a big event or a, a big battle or a big fight, Michael Buffer is there. Let's get ready to rumble. Well, are you ready? Are you ready to rumble? Are you ready to battle? Are you ready to fight? Maybe at times we, we don't realize it. Maybe we are even not fully aware of it. But I would hope that with this theme today, you would now understand all of us, the entrenched, that we are entrenched in battle. Each and every day, it's a struggle. Each and every day is a fight. Each and every day is a war. Therefore, we must be ready for battle. We must be ready for fight. And as Michael Buffer would say, we must ready to rumble. The Apostle Paul explains how we can to do that today in our daily life, in our daily relationships. He tells us how we can be strong in the Lord. And uh, you were going through uh, Ephesians, so let's uh, read uh, this passage, the last passage of uh, Ephesians. Let's read Ephesians chapter 6, verses uh, 10 to 23. We will ponder in special uh, about uh, the armor of God, but we'll read the, uh, the whole passage and... So we, I think we will wrap up um, this uh, letter of Paul uh, to the Ephesians. And here he writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil come, comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand... Stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet, which is the, the word of God, and pray, uh, sorry, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me that Whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare in fearlessly, fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything. So... Um, How am I and I'm doing? I'm sending him to you for his very purpose, that you may know how we are and that we may be encouraged you. Peace to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus. Grace to all of all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an uh, undying love. Wow, these are great verses and uh, Paul tries to wrap up what he has said already and he says, finally, we've come to our final steps. The most important things are still to be said. And as we look at these um, verses, uh, we realize um, that all of us um, they, we know plenty about war. I was telling Rachel of my dad who uh, was fighting in war in, in the Balkans and um, he eventually became a prisoner of war in, in Britain, in Bishop Stortford. And uh, I will never ever forget when we actually visit, my parents came from Germany to, to England and we visited that farmer where my father was, was a potato farmer, where my father was a POW. And when we entered the building, the old farmer was still alive. And um, when the old farmer saw my dad, he started to cry and embraced my, my dad and they were both in, in tears. Well, before they were enemies, but now they were friends, dear friends, even though he was a POW, but they were dear friends embracing each other. And I think that's a great picture how God wel welcomes us into this fight, in this spiritual fight. He embraces us. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants to let us know how to fight that battle. It's like a daddy who tells us the truth in order so that we may pick up in that fight. There have been always plenty of wars throughout history. And, and it's no different today. Depending on what generation you are, you're having probably lived through quite a few wars already, don't know whether there are someone who has even fought in a war. 
Don't know? Uh, or even several wars. From the first two world wars to Vietnam to Korea and the Persian Gulf War, uh, the war that we are all in, the war of terrorism? No. My fellow friends, we are not strangers to war, are we? With modern technology and media, we as humans are also not strangers to the carnage and great ramifications of war. Pictures in, in magazines or books or in the internet will reveal the, the, graf the graphic situation in war. Movies, documentaries, and uh, depict the, the horrid and horrendous. Powerful cameras and high-tech videos record us, uh, capture the danger and even the disaster of war. Yet while many uh, understand the, the brutal and, and catastrophic nature of wars, The wars we are used in this world are really, and excuse me for those who have actually fight, fought in a war. I don't want to be offensive against you because you've given all. But let me say, the wars we are used to in this world are really quite insignificant when compared To the wars we are fighting in spiritual realms, uh, fighting now. Look as, at uh, verse um, six in Ephesians. We just uh, read that uh, verse. Paul it reminds us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our struggle is not looking for Charlie somewhere in a jungle, no. We aren't looking for some kind of Bin Laden somewhere in the desert of um, Afghanistan or in Pakistan or wherever. We aren't in a standhold with, with uh, any Uh, world power about missiles um, coming up somewhere. Oh no! This is more. This is more dangerous. This is much more dangerous in battle. First, our fight is against the rulers, the rulers, powers, and authorities of this dark and. And sinful world. We are in a struggle against those who have worldly power but oppose your and my faith. Paul is not talking about some kind, excuse me for the Americans present. I don't want to be offensive against. We are not fighting against an American president. We're not find, fighting against a power, an earthly power as powerful he or she may be. The battle is a different one. 
And I want to point out this morning the importance of that battle. We're not fighting a strange behavior of a party leader. Well, we had that in Austria just a couple of weeks ago. We're not fighting against this, no. Paul is talking about persecution. He's talking about those who oppose our faith and beliefs um, and try to hinder them. In this day, that became a huge problem as Paul himself and many others were martyred for faith reasons, for faith's sake. Today, that is still happening in countries all over the world in, in Africa, as it does in Afghanistan, we had just had a, a baptismal service a couple of weeks ago where a lady from Afghanistan got baptized and we could not take a picture of it. Well, we took a picture because she said, I want to show that picture to my two uh, children when they've grown older. But now I can't because some people that... They may not be friendly to me. They may cut my neck off because I've changed my religion, my faith. I've changed it to become a Christians and we will never, Margaret and myself will never forget when we were kneeling down just um, in our living room and she made the sinner's prayer. And um, after we stood up, she said, this is how my life is. You know, she had an orange peeled and she said, look at the orange. This is my life now. I'm unpeeled. I'm free. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. This is happening today with a lady that has never heard the gospel before. So, and another lady just said, um, she became to know the Lord uh, uh, with 66 years. And she made the point, you know, why never, ever I've heard the gospel in this way. 66 years I had to wait until I was presented with the gospel. This is the kind of battle we are in. Paul says, against the spiritual forces of even of evil in the heavenly realms. This is the part that is truly frightening. There are evil spirits and demons out there led by their wicked ringleaders called Satan. These spiritual forces are also out to get us. There are, they are out to attack our faith and beliefs. They are out to play for eternal keeps. Satan's method of fighting is also uh, important to note. Sometimes it will be an obvious. It becomes pretty obvious and um, it's a kind of an open assault. Sometimes it's an op obvious and forceful attack. We might think the, the powerful and open attack in our eyes and ears that lurks with just a click or two in a computer mouse or TV control. Well, that's how he fights sometimes. But more often, Satan employs a different strategy. So, 
Paul says very firmly, stand. Stands. Paul mentioned it at the end of verse 11. He take, take your stand. He reminds us a second time, take your stand. Take your stand against the evil schemes, the devil's schemes. And, well, we are moving around, not only in Austria, but um, in the Balkans, uh, I don't know, in a couple of countries. And oftentimes we are confronted with a situation as it is in a local church where misunderstandings come up and uh, some, even some verbal fights or whatever. Can you see the devil in it? This is, you know, the depth of his fight. He is against us. He doesn't like peace in a congregation. And he does everything he can to go against it. So whenever you see a battle, a fight, verbal fight, I've heard of a congregation in, in Austria. I don't mention the congregation. Maybe somebody will be embarrassed. They even fought with their hands, you know. Physical fight. Can you imagine? In a church, it happens. You wouldn't believe it. Take your stand against the devil's schemes. More, So he plots, he schemes. Instead of an all-out attack, he will whisper. Maybe even now as we are talking, it's not that bad. Everyone is doing it. Can you hear the excuses? Everyone. Doesn't matter who you are. You see. Well, don't you see? Everyone is doing. One time won't matter. You know, it's, it's, it will be okay. It won't be that bad. God won't mind. Can you hear these kind of things even as you think about it? He will try to turn opinions into fight and divisions. So please re be reminded, I don't know the situation in your congregation here at Grace Church. I'm not familiar with it. But whenever you see divisions, this is where the face of Satan is present. Wherever you see fighting, verbal fights or whatever, you see his face present. He will try to turn opinions into fights and divisions. He is using your pride against you to make you angry with your pastor or church leader. Or, well, I have to bow to that, even me with one of your guest speakers here at Grace Church. You may go against me. Well, I don't know. And I, I'm, if I'm honest, I don't care anyway. Um, he will aim at causing arguments and rifts between families and this congregation. He will push you over to the edge to think that it's acceptable not to be around God and his word as often as possible. He will shake your faith with doubts and worries and questions, queries. He will use struggles and troubles in your life to make you wonder 
if God loves you after all. Have you experienced something like that? If everything goes wrong, you wonder. Friends, my dear friends, it's war. And Satan is playing for eternal keeps. He wants um, your faith to crumble. He wants your trust to to disappear, to dissolve. He wants your soul in hell. This is war. By all visible evidence, he's winning. The fall into his tricks and traps all the time. We get led astray. We fall into temptations. Sometimes then, we even try to rationalize or excuse our sins. We make it seem like our wrongs are not big deals. You know, we find all sorts of, of excuses quicker than a mouth a hole. We find them. Of course we find them. And I think we need to be aware of it. You know, because I'm sure God will talk to us personally this morning. This is my prayer. Please, brother and sister, don't find an excuse. It won't help anyway. So the Bible tells us, please stand. Stand to the word of God. Be honest to yourself before your creator. God tells us that. And he makes it very clear. The wages of sin is death. This is war. We've sinned. We're going to die. By all visible evidences, it looks like Satan is winning. But that's why Paul opens this section the way he does. We've already failed. We've already fallen. So don't rely on yourselves as somebody prayed just uh, now. Don't rely on yourself. Don't rely on others. No. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong. Be strong in the Lord and His, His mighty power. In the Bible, we see just how mighty the Lord is. And I think that's very important to see well, the power and strength of the evil one, but even more so, he's not just a counterpart, but he's won the battle. Praise the Lord. So we, we need to stand and see that. The Lord is a mighty one. He made the sun stand still for a day for Joshua Jesus walked on water, he calmed the wind and waves, he made the blind to see, the lame to walk, the Lord has mighty power. So we need to be reminded to that. The Lord has mighty power and how about uh, this infinite power? Jesus was able to, to carry the guilt and sin of the world on his own shoulders. Jesus was able to wage eternal war against Satan and win. He was able 
to burst forth from the chains of death and rise um, again to new life. If you want to see power in the real sense, if you want to see power, just look at the empty tomb. It becomes obvious. And there are more than 500 people that looked at the empty tomb, that saw Jesus alive after the cross. You can read that in uh, 1 Corinthians 15, right in the beginning. Sin, death, Satan, none could hold him. Praise the Lord. None of them. None of them. So, well, you know, we did about three or four hundred funerals as part of our ministry. We saw three or four hundred, uh, uh, well, graves, gravesides. We saw people crying desperately in their heart. People committing suicide and all sorts of devastating things. But here we are. Well, we are, after all, all just humans. We could present the risen Lord. He's risen indeed. This is the gospel. This is the power uh, Paul is talking about as against the evil power. The empty tomb, he conquered it all. We are in the midst of war, a spiritual war with eternal ramifications. If Satan takes hold of you and destroys your faith, the result is an eternity in hell. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is how Jesus um, entered the room where the disciples just shut the doors. And Jesus entered the room and said, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Stay strong. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord who crushed Satan. Be strong in the Lord who already won the battle. Be strong in the Lord who is on your side. Who is with you. Fear not. So Paul is coming up with a second point. Well, he's showing now the armor we have at hands that are with us. Um, this is the first point. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. His mighty power, our fight, is against the rulers, the powers and authorities of this dark and sinful world. But here we have uh, the full power. So be strong in the Lord. Not with your strength, but with uh, his mighty power. And secondly, and lastly, I don't want to expand more because that's all we need to know. We don't need to know more than that. With his mighty armor, power and armor. These are the things that he's given, presented us. Those who fight are looking for the best you can find for offense and defense. When swords and arrows were dominating combat, chain link armor was invented. But soon chain link armor, armor was rendered useless when gunpowder exploded on the scene, literally. 
But then soon bulletproof vests came in and bulletproof glass and armored vehicle were made. I uh, was working in a in a factory in Germany, uh, Mercedes, that made these kind of um, vehicles, very heavy ones, you know, um, presidential vehicles. Um, but then nuclear power came and, and biological weapons are now sadly used. If you want power in war, you need a good defense and you need good weapons. Praise God. We have just that. Here in, in verse 11, um, in chapter 6 of, Hebrew, uh, of uh, Ephesians, Paul says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. After describing our struggle against worldly powers and against Satan, um, Satan's power in verse 11, he continues in verse 13, he says, Therefore, put on, therefore put on the full armor of God so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. So this is made to stand. It's not to, um, for, to fall down, but it's made to stand. Uh, we are reminded this morning a second time to stand. So he gives us the full armor. Well, are you ready for battle? Are you ready to rumble? Here is what the armor is. Uh, he says, stand firm with a belt of truth buckled around your waist. So this is what he says. Um, and uh, he wants to remind us to this great picture. You have the truth that Jesus is Lord. That's the very center of the truth. Jesus is Lord against any power. You have the truth that Jesus is Savior. You have the truth that Jesus crushed Satan's at the cross. These truths are the belt. It just keeps things together. That holds everything up, everything together. This is the core of the gospel. Stand firm. This is why you can stand firm. Stand firm with a belt of truth buckled around your waist. And also, Paul says, stand firm with a breastplate of righteousness in plate. In place. Satan will stab you with, okay, accusations. He will stab you with churches that you are a sinner who deserves eternal death with him in hell. But those shots and stabs will bounce right off your breastplate with, which is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. On the cross, he erased all of your sin, clothed you 
in his perfection. The great righteousness is your breastplate. Nobody can go against it. Stand firm. I want to remind you to that because I think we need that reminder constantly. We often forget all about it. So he says again, stand firm. Stand firm with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Please, brothers and sisters, we are, oftentimes we are too relaxed. We tell ourselves, you know, the gospel will be preached by anyone. And, well, mostly you put all your, your thoughts on top of missionaries. They are around anyway. That's their business. You know, after all, I give a lot of money for them. But what about you? You personally. This is the gospel all about. If it has changed your life, well, you are somebody who can present others with the gospel. We don't want to turn people's head around, but that's all we have. We don't have much more. There's not much more there. What else can you give? You can give money, but then what about heaven? So it's a, an incredible battle going on. Constantly turning our thoughts around. Well, we'll do it and we, we will uh, kind of um, uh, find ways to do it. No, stand firm with your feet fitted with a readiness that, that comes from the gospel of peace. In the midst of fight, Paul is reminding us to the gospel of peace. That is the core of the gospel. It's a gospel of peace. After all, um, so, well, these are the feet fitted with readiness. Like a fit and fleet-footed soldier ready to prepare to defend uh, or attack at any time, so also we fleet, we fleet-footed and ready, ready to fight. We are ready to erase guilt and doubt with a peace that our sin is forgiven. We are ready to bring comfort. We are ready to bring joy to others as we are ready at any and every moment to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with anybody and everybody. Well, there's more to armor to say. Verse 16, it says, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Well, here is uh, the shield. Satan will shoot arrows at you, dangerous arrows that are burning with flames of hell. These arrows are aimed to pierce your heart. They are intended to cause doubts. They are intended to cause you to question the certainty of heaven. But my brothers and sisters, we have just the right defense. You have the shield of faith. 
your rock-solid faith in your loving Savior and mighty King Jesus Christ, which will defend you from such attacks. And equally important to protecting your heart is protecting your head in battle, not to worry, take up the helmet of salvation. Knowing that because Jesus lives, you will live is just the protection you need. And while you have all these pieces of armor, we've just run through. Of course, I know that uh, there needs a lot of more uh, explanation to it. But this morning, we just want to remind you to the armor. We want to remind you to the power of the armor God has given to you. So don't wait for it. It's yours. It's not an AK-47. It's not a tank. It's not an atomic bomb. It's not anthrax. No, nothing at all. You have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the word of God that is like a sword. And please, my brothers and sisters, don't underestimate what you have in hand. We are reminded to what we have in hand. When David was going to fight, God asked him, what do you have in your hand? Well, he spit, and after all, Goliath, with whatever he had in hand. So I think we need to be reminded to this as well. We have it in hand, black on white. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There is nothing more powerful than the Word of God, which slices and slashes Satan's temptations. There is nothing more powerful than the Word of God, which smashes stony hearts with the law, yet also consoles burdened hearts with a gospel of forgiveness. Finally, this is what Paul says, finally. You know, he wraps it up, puts another layer on top. He says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. God hears. God listens. He answers the prayers of his people and will deliver you from every trouble. So, my brothers and sisters, be strong with that weapon. In spite of the weapons, be strong because you have the power. Be strong in the Lord. Well, here is another uh, weapon with his mighty armor. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Whatever comes to your mind, pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. We are reminded to the power of prayer. And I find it very, very helpful. Paul, um, he gives us his own example. He puts, so to speak, himself in the hands of the congregation of the Ephesians. You know what he says in finishing 
He says, pray also for me. He's like a little child, you know, begging for prayer. Uh, it, it just gave me so much peace in my mind when I read that again. For what? Is it there to be comfortable only? No, he says here that um, whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly, he, you know, with the, the first kind of an apostle, fearlessly, you ask lots of questions, and now Paul, who you are? What is it, the, the fear that you're all about? What is it? Why do you fear? Well, he prays that this fear may not overpower him. So, well, here is Paul finishing this um, um, letter in saying, pray for me, so that the gospel may find its way to people's heart by the power of God. So, in finishing, I want to remind you again, dear fellow brothers and sisters, I think... As important Michael Buffer for me is, because I, I'm watching still uh, boxing, we don't need him really to scream at us that it's time to ready to rumble. We are already in that fight. We know that it is all out war with Satan, but we also know that we have already won. We have Jesus on our side. So let's fight this good battle. It's a good battle. It's the battle of life giving. It's a battle of presenting people with the gospel. And this battle is fought for eternity. It's not just for today. It's for eternity. So be aware of it. And this is why Paul says again, be strong in the Lord, in his mighty power, and with his mighty armor. There is a, a quite a famous, uh, I think it's an, a British or an English um, a song, a hymn. It says, so then, onward, Christian Soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going before. And that's something I want to present you with that you have the armor with mighty power. It's the Lord Jesus that is with you every day. That's what He promised with mighty armor. And with mighty power. So use it as you go forth, as you run the race, as you present others with this life-giving, eternal life-giving gospel. The Lord bless you so. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for what you have given us. You not only opened our eyes, our spiritual eyes, our outward eyes, you opened our heart. Thank you so much that you not only opened our heart, but you've given us the armor to fight. Thank you that you did not leave us alone, but you presented us with the best you had ever. You presented us with your son, Jesus. 
And we thank you in eternity that we can entrust our lives to this very Savior, Lord Jesus. And thank you that you help us to stand strong. Stand strong with the gospel. And to stand up to those fights that we are coming across. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've won the battle. The final battle. The battle of life and death. The empty tomb is giving testimony of your power. The empty cross is giving testimony that sin is forgiven. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this powerful gospel, for your powerful love, for your powerful care, or for your, and for your powerful presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're with us as you have promised. And we praise you and give you all the glory. You are the only one we want to bow to. We want to thank you for your loving kindness, for your care, and for the trust you give to us for the gospel in, of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for being with us, even in this day and the days to come. We praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.